And a very good day to you. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with Touch of God. And this week, we're going to be focusing on the 16th chapter of the book of Luke, chapter 16, verses 19 to 31. Now, these verses will be quoted from the Amplified Classic Edition of the Word of God. And we're going to be starting off reading the entire section of Scripture from verses 19 to 31, and then we'll go back and go verse by verse and referring to other areas of the Bible as we go through. So Luke chapter 16, verse 19 to 31. Now, this is Jesus speaking as recorded by Luke. There was a certain rich man who habitually clothed himself in purple and fine linen and reveled and feasted and made merry in splendor every day. Verse 20, and at his gate there was carelessly dropped down and left a certain utterly destitute man named Lazarus, reduced to begging alms and covered with ulcerated sores. He eagerly desired to be satisfied with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs even came and licked his sores. And it occurred that the man, reduced to begging, died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Verse 23. And in Hades, the realm of the dead, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far away, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have pity and mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. Verse 25. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime fully received what is due you in comforts and delights, and Lazarus in like manner the discomforts and distresses, but now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who want to pass from this place to you may not be able, and no one may pass from there to us. Verse 27, And the man said, Then, Father, I beseech you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers so that he may give solemn testimony and warn them, lest they too come into this place of torment. Verse 29, But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear and listen to them. But he answered, No, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent change their minds for the better, and heartily amend their ways with abhorrence of their past sins. He said to him, If they do not hear and listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded and convinced and believe, even if someone should rise from the dead. All right, so you probably remember this story that Jesus spoke. Let's go through one verse at a time and let's explore this. Luke chapter 16, verse 19 there was a certain rich man who habitually clothed himself in purple and fine linen and reveled and feasted and made merry in splendor every day. 
Now, you may see this as someone in the world living lavishly and not necessarily caring too much about the poor or the needy around them, even though they have plenty of financial provision to be able to give. But they refrain from doing that due to the condition of their heart. Verse 20, And at his gate there was carelessly dropped down and left a certain utterly destitute man named Lazarus, reduced to begging arms and covered with ulcerated sores. Now, for in verse 20 here, we see that someone had had the idea to leave this man at the gate of the rich man in the hope that he might be helped by someone who has more than enough for himself and the person needing help. If we ever entertain the thought that we are probably the worst off in the world, there is always someone worse off than us. But even this is the wrong thinking, because if you are in Christ, you have already been given every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Have we opened our hearts to receive Jesus as Lord? Because Colossians chapter 1 verse 17 says, And he himself existed before all things, and in him all things consist, cohere, are held together. So here we see that we have already been given everything, and Christ is in us, and all things consist in him. So there's no lack when we have Christ living in us. There is no lack of what we need. We just have to believe we've already received the inheritance of sonship through Christ from our Heavenly Father. Romans chapter 14 verse 17 says, After all, the kingdom of God is not a matter of getting the food and drink one likes, but instead it is righteousness, that state which makes a person acceptable to God, and heart, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So here we know that being in right standing with God, seeking his righteousness, his kingdom, is exceedingly more important than the material things we so often concern ourselves with. Who are we to doubt Scripture? The very words out of our Lord Jesus' mouth, where he tells us in Matthew chapter 6, 30-34, verse 30, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and green, and tomorrow is tossed into the furnace, will he not much more surely clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry and be anxious, saying, What are we going to have to eat? Or what are we going to have to drink? Or what are we going to have to wear? For the Gentiles, heathen, wish for and crave and diligently seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows well that you need them all. But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and then all these things taken together will be given you besides. Verse 34. So do not worry or be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have worries and anxieties of its own. Sufficient for each day is its own trouble. So even here in verse 34 of Matthew chapter 6, it doesn't mean it's okay to worry about tomorrow. It means that tomorrow will have its own worries and anxieties, but that we need to live in the today, because today the Lord is with us, and tomorrow will become today at midnight tonight, and the Lord will still be with us then too. Tomorrow has its own worries and anxieties, but don't 
take joint ownership of those things with tomorrow. They are for tomorrow to own by itself because you are to be just. And scripture says the just shall live by faith. And we must walk by faith, not by sight. So if this is indeed the day that the Lord has made and we are to rejoice and be glad in it, there should be no room for worry or anxiety. The Lord does not cause calamity in our day, but he is there to bring us through it by the power of his grace. The question is, are we seeking him, his kingdom, his righteousness? Are we focusing on him so that he truly does become part of our day based on our committed relationship and vital unity with him, as Jesus talks about in John chapter 15? Or are we walking our own path that we think is right? We have a free will to choose every moment of each hour. It is not a once in a lifetime choice at the altar. So back to Luke chapter 16, moving on, we know from verse 20, the man had been carelessly dropped at the gate of the rich man. And as you can see, this is how some people treat the poor. They don't see them as a precious soul created by God with a plan and a purpose, but instead as worthless and a burden on society and not worth being sat down gently, but instead carelessly dropped like trash, like rubbish. People look on the outward appearance of a person, for the Lord looks on the inward appearance, the heart. So we must make sure that we pray to the Lord and say, Lord, show us how you see your creation. Show us how you love your creation and what you see in your the souls that you create upon the earth. This will help us be compassionate on those who we don't know because we will see the way the Lord sees them and we will see their potential through the eyes of Christ, through the eyes of the cross, and we will also see what potential people have if they were to follow the Lord and be encouragers of them, speaking to them about our testimony, helping them to the Lord, leading them to salvation. As we move on to verse 21, it says, He eagerly desired to be satisfied with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs even came and licked his sores. So this is Lazarus, the person who had been carelessly dropped at the gate of the rich man. This poor man had resigned himself to the fact that he will even accept what falls down from the rich man's table. You know, he wasn't asking for much. He wasn't expecting to be at the banquet table with the rich man in his mansion, in his house. He just wanted what fell from the rich man's table. He just wanted what fell that was left over. He wanted the crumbs. Verse 22, And it occurred that the man, reduced to begging, died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Now, verse 22 here shows that the man never got help. Otherwise, he would never have died. He was disregarded at the gate of the selfish rich man and was left for dead. He never did get those crumbs. He never did get what fell down from the rich man table. It's not spoken of here in the word. So we have to assume that the rich man never helped. The Lord may have someone in need cross your path or someone may contact you and ask if you can help them. Neither of these persons may have the faith in the Lord that you have. Neither of these persons may believe 
or trust in the Lord just yet. So they're reaching out to you because they have seen that your prayers and your walk with the Lord have caused miracles to happen before, have caused provision or the needs of others to be satisfied by the Lord. So people will come to you and ask you to pray because they know that you have the faith while they still lack the faith that they need. That is why the Lord will send you people because he can bring them what they need because you have the faith to cause the substance of things hoped for to become manifest in the natural, according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. But the Lord cannot provide through you if you do not believe and have the faith that he can provide for you. The selfish are all about themselves. So we're talking about the rich man here. Because they do not know the love of Christ, nor the Lord's nature, they hoard everything because they fear for lack since they believe that their only source of everything is themselves and what they have done or others they take unrighteous advantage of so in this verse we see that lazarus was carried by angels into abraham's bosom sometimes called paradise a heavenly place we also see that the rich man was buried and not carried by angels to the same place as Lazarus. Verse 23, And in Hades, the realm of the dead, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes, and saw Abraham far away, and Lazarus in his bosom. So here we see the rich man found himself in Hades, the realm of the dead, and the words far away here are interesting, because the great chasm, can be likened to the distance of the separation between unbelievers and God that humanity inherited by the rebellion of Adam and Eve at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil by partaking of the fruit of that tree against God's command and warning that if they were to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that in that day they will surely die. A spiritual death, of course. And that's spoken of in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, where Eve eats of the tree, followed by Adam. See, it was never God's plan to have separation from the creation he loves. Genesis chapter 6, verse 6 says, And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved at heart. I think it's very important that all of us contemplate and consider the heart of the Lord, the heart of the Father, because he loves you, He loves his creation. He loved creating earth for man. He loved creating the animals and the fish of the sea, the birds of the air for man. He loved creating Eve for Adam. He was pleased in his work because everything God does is perfect and it is good. So it must have really grieved his heart. It says here in Genesis chapter 6, verse 6, he was grieved at heart. You may sometimes think that because God is omnipresent and he has all this power, that his heart is just rock solid and that his heart is not affected by these types of things. But this is not the case. We are created in his image and we know what it feels like to have a grave disappointment. Someone betray us. Someone not obey a warning for their own best interest. And so the Lord was grieved 
at heart. He created earth for man. Man was given dominion by God. And man didn't just throw all of that dominion away. He gave all what he had into the hands of Lucifer, now named Satan. The human race came from the seed of Adam, inherited the same leaning to a sinful nature because Adam obeyed Satan at the tree and inherited Satan's nature. We see in John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus tells some of the Pharisees that they are of their father the devil, that they have his characteristics, that he was a liar from the beginning, and in him there is no truth. So it's interesting how we have misunderstandings and our own ignorant conclusions about God growing up until we read the truth of the word of God and accept it, thereby transforming our minds from being carnal to being renewed according to Romans chapter 12 verse 2. It's also interesting how even a young baby growing up does not need to be taught by anyone how to lie or be selfish. It is inherent in its nature because it was born from the lineage of the seed of Adam. That is why we have to become born again to be severed from this lineage and become a new creation, meaning a new spirit. And for us to be transformed, as we said just now, by our minds being renewed to the truth, because the truth was not in us from the beginning. Satan's evil nature, and therefore his powers of darkness, is to steal, kill, and destroy anything created in the image of God, you and I. It's because he hates what God loves, his creation. Isaiah chapter 14 goes into detail about the evil intent of Satan's heart when he was still called Lucifer back in heaven before God ejected him out of heaven. So sin, sickness, death came into the world through this fall of Adam and Eve, and therefore all humanity, since we were born physically from the seed of Adam. Everything that they had dominion over fell as well. To this day, the earth groans, awaiting the manifestation of the sons of men to replace situations of unrighteousness in the world with God's will of righteousness, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 22 to 23. For example, for the believer to lay hands on the sick, as Jesus commanded us in the Great Commission, in Mark chapter 16, verse 16 to 18. The believer to lay hands on the sick, believing by faith for the finished works of Christ at the whipping post and the cross to become manifest in the person's physical body and their soul, and they become healed based on that faith. To lead someone into their salvation by that person's faith, by the grace of God, so that the result of the cross of Jesus Christ becomes a reality in that person's life by the path of destruction they were walking to be swallowed up in life, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4. Remember, death is swallowed up in life, the life of Christ. Jesus took out the sting of death as one of the things he accomplished when he went down to hell after dying on the cross and being buried before he was resurrected. Verse 24, And he, the rich man, cried out and said, Father Abraham, have pity and mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, 
for I am in anguish in this flame. It's almost audacious here for the rich man to be asking for help from the very person that he didn't provide even crumbs to falling from his table. He was asking for the person he never helped, Lazarus, to come help him, almost like he treated Lazarus as a servant. Here we also find an example of what hell is going to be like for people who have rejected Jesus, rejected the way, rejected the truth, rejected his life. This verse, like all others, was influenced to be included in the Word of God by the Holy Spirit. And it is Jesus speaking. The Lord only speaks the truth because He is the Word, He is the truth. So there is no exaggeration when He speaks here. As we see in this verse, those who choose to reject Christ, ending up in Hades, in hell, the place of the dead, will appreciate and be grateful for even the prospect of someone wetting their finger and cooling down their tongue to have a small momentary relief while they anguish in the flame. This doesn't even include them being subjected to torment by demons, the stench of sulfur, the utter darkness, and the weeping and gnashing of teeth that Jesus also talks about. Realize the chasm today that exists, that separation from God that Adam and Eve caused when they rebelled against the Lord and the Lord's warning against them touching that tree, eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't let us be caught on the wrong side of that chasm. The cross of Jesus has been laid down across the top of that chasm. We can walk across the Lord's cross. We can receive the Lord Jesus Christ today as our Lord. Confess him as Lord. Believe that God raised him from the dead. And Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says that we shall be saved. Jesus says, as recorded in Luke chapter 13 verse 3, Unless you repent, change your mind for the better, and heartily amend your ways with abhorrence of your past sins, you will all likewise perish and be lost eternally. I do not want to be lost eternally. I don't want to be begging for someone to just dip their finger in water and place it on my tongue while I'm suffering eternally in a flame. I don't want to be tormented by demons in hell. I want to receive the free gift that God did not have to give us, that we do not deserve, but that because he loves us so much, I pray you and I receive that salvation, that gift of eternal life as we receive Jesus and continue to confess him as Lord, keep him as Lord in our hearts day after day, have a relationship with this beautiful Son of the Father. And Father, I thank you today for this free gift, this tremendously huge gift that we never deserved, but you offered it to us anyway. We have a free will that you have given us to choose to make decisions in life. Heaven is not automatic. Father, I thank you for being able to choose Jesus as the way of escape, as the way across this chasm into heaven and receiving eternal life. 
but not just to be able to get into heaven, but become a new creation today on this earth, for you to come and inhabit and indwell me, Lord, and these precious souls listening today, that they become a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Lord, I thank you today for an enrichment of an appetite of your word in our hearts, that we may study it to show ourselves approved, that we may seek you with all of our hearts, that we may spend time with you, that we may worship you. And thank you for this beautiful gift of your son when we didn't deserve him. We don't deserve eternal life in heaven. We deserve eternal life in hell for what happened at the tree that day. And we thank you, Lord, for your abundance of grace and mercy and love for us. While we were yet sinners, Lord Jesus, you died for us. And we bless your holy name today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to reach out to us for prayer, if you would like us to send you a Bible, please get in touch with us at our website, tog.world, touchofgod.world. Send us a prayer request. Explain how we can help you. You can also call us directly at country code 1-407-705-3151. And we will continue this passage in Luke chapter 16 next week. And until then, you have a blessed week. Amen.